0: The sermon text is the Holy Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 to 46, where Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in His presence, and He will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was lacking clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or lacking clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? The king will answer them, Amen, I tell you, just as you did it for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, which is prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you did not give me food to eat. I was thirsty. And you did not give me anything to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Lacking clothes and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not take care of me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or lacking clothes? Or sick or in prison and did not serve you? At that time he will answer them, Amen, I tell you. Just as you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. And they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. You are nothing but a sheep. When that statement is made, usually it's an insult. An accusation, actually, that someone just blindly follows someone or something without even thinking things through. But for a Christian... The picture of being a sheep carries a totally different connotation. As a little boy, there was a nice lady named Mrs. Yale who taught me this song. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, I just want to be a sheep, (laughs) ba-ba-ba-ba. That'll do it for the singing, don't worry. You hear the closing words of Jesus' farewell sermon in Matthew chapter 25. Hopefully we all agree that when Jesus comes back and judges on the last day, we want to be sheep. We want to be among those on his right, but how can we be sure that we will be there? That's the question in front of us today as we contemplate and celebrate Jesus' return to judge on the last day. Jesus speaks these words as the very last section of his farewell sermon, the last public sermon he ever preaches, which is on Tuesday of Holy Week, just three days before his crucifixion. Leading up to these words, Jesus informs all of his disciples from that time all the way down to today about signs, indications that they'll be able to see around them in the world to remind them that Jesus is returning soon. He talks about wars, famines, natural disasters, false teachers, false predictions about the end of the world. Toward the very end, a sharp rise in wickedness, people falling away from the Christian faith. Of course, those first things, wars and famines and natural disasters, those have been happening ever since Jesus ascended into heaven. They are still happening today, and that is the point. Always be ready for Jesus' return, because we do not know when it is going to be. Jesus says very clearly, no one knows about that day or hour. The last judgment... When Jesus comes back to judge all people, he's going to come suddenly and unexpectedly. But because Jesus loves us, he wants to be ready for it. So before the words of this gospel, Jesus teaches all of his followers to be ready. And he does it with parables. He tells a parable of ten virgins who are waiting for the bridegroom. Five are wise and ready, five are foolish and unprepared. And Jesus tells another parable about talents, resources. But he teaches followers that while they are waiting for their king to return, they are to use every blessing that God gives them in this world faithfully in the service of their king. And then suddenly, Jesus stops speaking in parables. He stops using stories to make these spiritual points. And now Jesus speaks in a very straightforward and a very literal way. And you can imagine Jesus' voice and his expression becoming very serious, even ominous, as he says... When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Can you picture that scene in your mind? It is useful to try to imagine it because Jesus is not speaking a parable here. He's not speaking in a hypothetical and he's not telling tall tales. This will happen. Jesus will return on the last day in all his glory with all his angels. So the believers in the Old Testament, they got to see a little bit of the glory of God when the Lord led them out of slavery in Egypt. They got to see him as a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. The shepherds out in the field, they got a little look at the glory of God when the angel choir announced the birth, the first arrival of the Savior in this world. Peter, James, and John, they got a little glimpse of the glory of God on the Mount of Transfiguration. But when Jesus comes back with all his angels, it will be full, divine glory, with none of it hidden anymore. So we don't know when this day is going to be, but we know what it's going to look like, and we know that no one is possibly going to miss it, not even the dead. It will literally wake the dead. And when Jesus returns with all that glory and all his angels... The angels will separate all of humanity into two groups, goats on the left and the sheep on the right, and Jesus will, in turn, address both of those groups. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was lacking clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or lacking clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? The king will answer them, Amen, I tell you, just as you did it for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. And we need to look carefully at why the sheep are the sheep. Why those on Jesus' right on Judgment Day are where they are. It is their connection to Jesus. It is their relationship with Him. Clearly these sheep did a lot of good things during their time in this world, and their Savior values those good works very highly, but all of these sheep were sinners. On their own merit, they have no right to enter the kingdom of heaven. They have no ability on their own to live with a holy God forever. And that's why Jesus calls their salvation a blessing. A blessing is something that is earned by somebody else and freely given to you. And their salvation is a blessing earned by God from start to finish. It is a blessing from God the Father who loved them with eternal love, planned their salvation, and sent, their son, sent his Son to carry it out. It is the blessing of the Son who came... And did all good things, only good things, and did it all for them. Everything he said, thought, and did in perfect line with the will of his heavenly Father in order to be righteousness for them. It is the gift of the Son who sacrificed himself on the cross to lift the curse of their sin and rose on Easter morning to prove that the curse was cured. Their salvation is the blessing of the Holy Spirit who gave them the faith to believe it and make it their own. As Jesus says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. By the Spirit's grace, they believe God the Father sent his Son to save them from their sin. Their salvation is a blessing, a gift from God from start to finish. And you can see that in other things Jesus says here too. He calls their salvation an inheritance. You do not work for an inheritance. It is a gift given to you by someone who loves you. Jesus also says their salvation was from the foundation of the world. So before they ever even took a breath, their salvation was all worked out in the mind of God. And when Jesus does praise their good works, they seem to have forgotten ever doing them. Clearly, they're not looking to themselves, but they are looking to Jesus, their King, for their salvation. And yet, the good works they did during their lives in this world are clearly... Very important and very valuable to their Savior Jesus. So valuable that he commends them publicly on the last day. It's not that anything these sheep did was ever perfect, but they did these good things out of love for Jesus, out of faith in the triune God, which made their good works not just good, but perfect in the eyes of their Heavenly Father. And that brings us to the other group, the goats on Jesus' left. I'm sure many of them, most of them, lived lives that were morally upright, probably did a lot of good things in the eyes of other people, in the eyes of the world, but did not do them out of faith in Jesus, did not do them out of love for their Savior. And it's that factor that has them on Jesus' left on the day of judgment. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, which is prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry, and you did not give me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you did not give me anything to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me, lacking clothes, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not take care of me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger, or lacking clothes or sick or in prison, and did not serve you? At that time he will answer them, Amen, I tell you, just as you did not do it for one of the least of these, You did not do it for me. It is worth noting that our loving God did not originally form hell for the purpose of sending human beings there. He created hell for the devil and his angels. So why do these people have to go there? What did they do to deserve the curse of all curses? Well, they did nothing for Jesus. Nothing out of faith in him. Nothing out of love. For their Savior, and again, they probably did many things that look very good to you and me, but none of them were done out of love or faith in the Savior. It's also worth noting the kinds of good works that Jesus commends in believers. How unspectacular these things are in our estimation. Nothing there that's going to win you an award or praise from anybody in this world. But what Jesus is teaching here is not, it's not the size or the splendor of our acts of service, it's the faith behind them. It's the faith that motivates them. There may be a voice somewhere deep down inside of you that still wonders if you're going to be on the right side on the day of judgment. When you look at these good works Jesus praises, it's proof of saving faith, you think, Ooh, I don't know. I'm not always so generous. I'm not always such a hospitable person. And even when I do help people, it's never purely out of love for Jesus, right? I see someone who's down and my sinful brain just starts calculating, well, right now he's down and I'm up. If I help him when he's down, later when I'm down and he's up, he'll help me. What is that? That's not doing it out of love for Jesus. That's, that's selfishness. That's self-centered help of other people. Well, That's why this is the point that can't be emphasized enough. The sheep are not on the right because they did those good things. Jesus just uses those good things as proof that his verdict is correct. The good things the sheep did are proof of their saving faith and love for Jesus. And so are the good things that you do. Now, what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25 is not a parable, it is a prophecy. If you are ever listening to a Christian preacher or teacher who purposely calls these words a parable, not as a slip of the tongue, but purposely calls them a parable, you need to turn in a 180 and run. Because they are treating the last judgment as something that is not actually ever going to happen. Jesus is not speaking in parables here, but this next thing is a parable. It's not from the Bible even, but I think it does a really good job of illustrating the central point of this gospel. Once there was an old shoemaker. The Lord appeared to him in a dream one night and said, Mr. Shoemaker, at some point tomorrow I am going to come into your shop and you will be able to serve me. Oh, well he had a hard time sleeping the rest of the night and at the break of dawn he rushed it, he figured God probably an early riser so he got there at 6 a.m. to open up his, his humble little shop but all day long hardly anybody came in. Around the middle of the morning there was a crusty old farmer who came in, and his shoes were an absolute mess. Soles flip-flopping all over the place. So right away, the shoemaker cobbled them back together so he could get back out in the field and work for his family. Then around noon, a snooty rich lady came in, and she was complaining up and down about this fancy pair of shoes that she bought the week before. Oh, they're not this enough. They're not that enough. And the Shoemaker just patiently absorbed her abuse and then let her trade in her shoes for some new ones. And then around the middle of the afternoon, a little boy came in, raggedy clothes, no shoes at all. So the shoemaker gave him a basic pair that would work, and he told him, as payment, just tell your rich friends about my shop. Well, now it was 6 p.m., And the shoemaker went home fully disappointed and that night the Lord appeared to him again and the shoemaker said, Lord, how come you never showed up today? You're supposed to keep your word. That's what this whole thing is built on. And the Lord said, I did. I was the old farmer that you got back out in the field. I was the lady that you treated with grace and patience. I was the little boy who needed help. Well done, my good and faithful servant. When God looks at us, he sees the righteous life of His Son, Jesus, that He lived to save us. God looks at us, He sees the faith of the Holy Spirit that clings to that righteousness of Christ and makes it ours. When God looks at us, He also sees His own love overflowing out of our hearts. Simple, humble acts of service for otherwise forgotten people. Not for glory or for personal gain, but simply to reflect the love That God has for us. That's why our Savior says, Amen. I tell you, just as you did it for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. So, fellow Christians, today, your Savior Jesus has an announcement for you that someday you are going to get to hear him say again in person. Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Jesus offers you that blessing the inheritance of the heavenly kingdom, through faith in his holy life, his sacrifice for your sins, his Easter resurrection. That inheritance is waiting in heaven for you. And God promises it will never perish, spoil, or fade. Jesus has done all that for you. It's yours. Believe it. And then let the love of your Savior shine out in everything you do, even small acts of service for people that nobody else notices because the day is coming when Jesus will return with all his glory and separate the sheep from the goats and you and I are blessed to be among the sheep and to show it until our Savior returns. Amen.